Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. They moved the ball when they had to. We did not. They ran a little bit. They created their own um, runs because they got some really good team speed. But otherwise, I mean, our pitchers did a really good job today, including Q. That is Joe Madden yesterday talking about that Washington Nationals offense. It's good. If you haven't been watching, they're good. If you have been watching, you know they're good. Uh, Madden went on to say that they've got, what, three different leadoff hitters with Adam Eaton and uh, Trey Turner and Victor Robles. Hell, I think Howie Kendrick could hit leadoff for the Cubs. I think any one of those four guys would be the leadoff hitter for the Chicago Cubs. Let's uh, check in over at Wrigley where there has been some action. Let's get the latest on what Joe had to say before the game and what the roster moves have been. Uh, I guess one roster move, but a little bit more news as well with our man Bruce Levine, who joins us right now on 670 The Score. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you? Good afternoon, sir. Um, probably not How- Howie Kendrick, okay? But no? I'm, I'm buying in on the other three. You don't think uh, Howie Kendrick... Howie runs, Howie runs like I do. Yeah, but well, Ben Zobrist is going to lead off on September 1st, you know? Well, he's their best option. I, th- I agree. I'm just best saying that Howie Kendrick is in some ways a right-handed Ben Zobrist. Give you some good yeah, at-bats. I, I, you know, again, it, there is a lot of... I, you know, there, there's a lot of envy when you look at the Washington Nationals. And, and the Cubs have a very high on-base percentage in the National League. They're third in the National League. But Washington happens to be 10 points higher uh, leading the National League uh, because they do have two leadoff guys in the first and second position. And it's the old-time structure of the lineup with speed guys in the lineup. And I'm sure at some point, Matt, uh, people will get back to uh, signing those type of players and implementing them uh, because it's a more functional way of putting pressure on a defense, creating runs when your big guys aren't hitting home runs. They'll get back to it, but right now they're few and far between. Yeah, I had a conversation earlier in the show, Bruce, as I know you've had and we've had before about Chris Bryant and whether he's clutch or not and the RBI numbers and a texture brought up Nolan Arenado and Anthony Rendon. And so looking up what the, I mean, so many more opportunities for Rendon and Arenado, sure. um, with their lineups, you know, Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story hitting ahead of Arenado, and as you mentioned, Turner and Eaton hitting ahead of Rendon, as opposed to Bryant, who hits second for the most part. Now, at least, he's hitting third. But the, the volume of opportunity is a lot higher for those guys. Now, their percentage of base runners driven in is also higher uh, than Bryant, but opportunities matter a whole lot. And, um, and still... This lineup not getting enough out of the very top and the very bottom. That's been the story all year, hasn't it? It, it has, and that's what makes them just a, a, an average uh, contender like the other six teams that they're fighting for a playoff spot with. So they're, they're not the Dodgers. They're not the Braves. At this point, they're not the Washington Nationals. Have they p- the potential over the next 33 games to regain some of that, you know, swagger and be able to, uh, you know, function better, maybe a Zobris three days a week in the line, uh, leadoff spot, having better at bats will be a function of that. But for now, you have to you have to look at them the way they are, and 
the way they're functioning. They're, they're just one of six other teams. On base percentage out of the leadoff spot in all of baseball, the Cubs are 30th. 286 mm-hmm. on base percentage, right. dead last in all and, of baseball. And, and uh, not, not knocking Hayward, we talked about it yesterday and inside the clubhouse, you know, a 250 uh, on base percentage, and he's hitting you know, 170 or 180 out of that spot since they put him up there. And then that goes back to the argument about, hey, leave guys where they're successful sometimes yeah. in the seventh and eighth spot. Don't ask them to do too much. So, uh, again, it goes back to construction of lineups, what you want, uh, what you look for in the off season, what you're capable of, what your owner will let you spend on the rest of the payroll, all those things go into it. Yeah, um, and it's, uh, I, I have to admit, I'm a guy who was calling for Jason Hayward to hit leadoff for a long, long time, and eventually there he is, and now perhaps we uh, have learned why he and they were hesitant to take it on because it it's a different kind of job. It's just, it, it, it absolutely matters, the mentality of it and, and, and the pressure of it. Um, all right, well, let's get to the news. What's, what's going on with Anthony Rizzo's back at this point, Bruce? Uh, so it's a mid-back issue. Rizzo has had back issues his entire career. He's missed periods of time. If you look back on the old DL, now the IL, and you see that Rizzo either was uh, on that IL not very often, but missing three or four or five days because of uh, back issues. That's usually lower back, Matt. This time it's further up. It's mid-back. And he told Joe Madden that he's encouraged that this is going to be a shorter term of not being out there. So he's certainly not going to play today. Uh, he, they have an off day tomorrow, so they'll check it out on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in New York as they play a very hot New York team and two of the better pitchers out of the three games in the league uh, when they play the Mets. So uh, from, from that perspective, you have Ian Happ, who hasn't played much there, has practiced there, according to Joe Madden, and therefore he, uh, he is the choice today rather than Bryant or Caratini, as the game progresses, mm-hmm. Cubs have a lead. Look for Caratini to move over to first base because he's a little bit better defender there. Interesting. So, um, so as as Bruce told you, Ian Happ playing first base and hitting in the eighth spot, and David Bodie is back up. Um, did they make this move only because of the Rizzo situation? Because yesterday there was some awkwardness when they were short on yeah. the bench to begin with. Yeah, that's a very good question. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that a nine-man bullpen is ever functional yeah. when you start the game with three guys off the bench. And they were hamstrung again. Two days in a row he had to use pitchers to, to hit late in the game. You saw Ryan take a walk and then get thrown out trying to run from second to third, you know, on a, a ball that got away from the catcher, kind of diffused another inning for him. So th- that's a dysfunctional thing to have nine pitchers. Uh, I understand it. I understand you want to do it, especially when you got guys like Strope, who you're bringing along almost like in a spring training way mm. to try to see if you can get him better. The answer is no right now. They're not getting him better. He's progressively worse at this point in time. But uh, that the experimental part should never be a part of August and September. Unfortunately, when you have a guy like Strope, who's got more than five years in the major leagues. There's no more options available to send him to the minor leagues. You can't put him on the injured list unless he agrees to it. If he says he's able, then you must carry him on the roster. And that is the situation that they're in with Strope right now. Hmm. 
That's that's interesting, Bruce, because, yeah, I wondered when I saw this for Holland, okay, now we're down to one lefty um, uh, out there, and, and Holland, even though he's been ineffective, uh, obviously a, a bunch of different times, especially with righties, is, is useful to go lefty on lefty. You think they would have done it with Strope if there was a way they could have? I think so. I mean, the, 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 the correct thing to do for Strope would be to, to accept IL at this point and get himself right, whether, mm. it's, whether it's on the side or in AAA games, wh- whatever it is, he's not right. I mean, you know, you and I have talked about it the last few weeks. Yeah. The lower half of the body is not being used. He has no command of his breaking ball whatsoever. He still has 93, but you look at the balance and you look at his legs being used, he's not able to do that. So he has to build on the flexibility and the balance in order to be effective and be able to get his breaking ball to look like a strike and get it close enough to the zone where he's not hitting people or he's not throwing the ball away. Uh, Was Jose Quintana appreciably worse yesterday in terms of process or stuff or execution, or did he just get beat by a real good offense right now? I think that's what it was. You know, they, they put pressure on him from the very beginning. You know, bunts, you know, speed, stolen bases. Uh, you really see the difference in the team with uh, without Wilson Contreras out there. Uh, just the guy that you're not going to move on. And you have the, the situation two days in a row where you have Davey Martinez managing that other team. And he knows the limitations of these players better than anybody. He knows the limitations of John Lester better than anybody when you put pressure on him on balls in the infield. He understands the limitations of Caratini that he's a good catch and throw guy, but he's not, he doesn't have a great arm. So these are all things that are uh, put away uh, in the other manager's mind. And when you have a functional offense like they have, where you have speed and the ability to put the ball down and put pressure on the defense and the pitcher, uh, he goes ahead and he does it. And it's worked beautifully for Washington the last two days. I'm scared of Steven Strasburg today. Bruce, I uh, should be yeah. one of the best pitchers in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Didn't didn't you bring it? Was it on the air yesterday? You brought up last time that Hamels uh, got no hit. Uh, or, or no, it was it was Rosenblum. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I, I didn't mean to to mistake it's one you. of the other guys you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, you guys sit in different spots, so I should I know. Be able... But you don't like either one of us. No. So <laughs> I know how you can get us mixed up. <laughs> Rosenblum said, said uh, remember the day that, that Koufax threw a no-hitter and that Hamels threw a no-hitter because he was pointing out Strasburg going today. Uh, but this is it, – it, it's, a, it's a rough moment here. This is supposed to be what happened to the team-defining win of, uh, of a few nights back when they, went, when they won 12, 12 to 11. I thought that was supposed to define the rest of the season, Bruce. Yeah, no, they, they're, they're not able to move the ball around, as Joe says. And, uh, you know, I told you before our show yesterday, I thought yeah. – there's a good chance they're going to get swept this weekend. And it, it's because of the fact that, not that the Cubs are a bad team. I'm not dissing the Cubs. Washington is a better team right now. On okay? fire. They, mm-hmm. have, they have excellent offense. Uh, their starting pitching is good. They have some questionable bullpen situations that they're trying to get healthy right now. But from, from the perspective of reality, uh, they got all things going for them right now. And they have one of the top pitchers in the National League going for him today. So <clears throat> don't be surprised that they get swept. Uh, and don't be surprised they go to New York and, and sweep the Mets because <clears throat> that's the type of season we have 
going in the National League with a lot of teams that are pretty darn equal all the way around. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. I guess it would be hard for me to imagine that happening in New York after all the road failings and the fact that uh, you got Syndergaard and Stroman and DeGrom coming up for those three games with the Mets. But... Um, but that, that, that's the kind of year it's been. What do we got? We got 33 games left, Bruce. Um, yep. And we've got seven against the Brewers, seven against the Cubs still. I still believe they are the most talented team in the division. And I still believe there is time to rise up and show that they are a game and a half back of the Cardinals today. But time is getting tight. Yeah, I think uh, something like 23 are left in the division out of those 33. So, uh it's right there for him. I mean, if you deserve to go to the playoffs, if you deserve to win your division, it's right there in front of you. So, uh, you know, get your healthy guys out there. Maybe Zobris does give you a little bit of a push when he comes back. I mean, he hasn't hit in the minor leagues, but Joe says the on-base percentage and the bats have been good. So getting that uh, professional guy that has been a winner his whole life, and certainly the latter end of his career, impactful on championship teams. Uh, that, that might be, you know, something that they can count on. It's, it's kind of lame to, to look at it that way as you're hoping on a guy that hasn't played in four months to be the guy to help you establish the top of your lineup. But nonetheless, Ben Zobrist uh, at his best and at his healthiest can do that. Thank you so much, Bruce. Appreciate it. All right. See you, All right, we'll see you. That's Bruce Levine over there at Wrigley Field on 670, the score. Yeah, looking at these uh, stats here for batting out of the number one spot in all of MLB. And I mentioned the Cubs number 30 in on-base percentage from the leadoff spot at 286. Detroit just above them. St. Louis just above them. That's the other decent team there in, uh, in the bottom nine or so. Then there's the Dodgers at number 21, but it's still a 320 on base percentage. So it's still about 26 points better than the Cubs out of the, uh, the number one spot. The Dodgers, of course, in terms of pitching, uh, as in, in terms of pitching as, as the starters are, are the best team in the national league. They have an ERA of three. Their starting rotation does in all of MLB. That is the best. The Dodgers, and then Tampa Bay, just just a, an amazing job that the Rays and the organization do time and time again in getting stuff done. Washington, then Houston, Cleveland, the Mets, Cincinnati, Oakland, Minnesota, the Cubs there at number 10 in terms of starting pitcher ERA. Interesting times around baseball and uh, interesting standings going on. Weird stuff. Jose Ramirez of the Indians now has a broken bone in his hand. That is, that is an inopportune moment for the Cleveland Indians, who are two and a half games back of the Minnesota Twins. Because the Twins have been playing uh, like a team that is, is, is right there and ripe for the taking. Their ace, Jose Barrios, has been anything but an ace of late. People have stopped swinging at his crazy sweeping breaking stuff, which means he's got to throw fastball, and his fastball's good, but it's not dominant. If you're not, if they're not swinging at your crazy stuff that's going outside of the zone, then they're they're gonna hit your fastball when it comes into the zone, and that's what's been happening to him. Boy, weird times here in uh, in baseball as we are approaching September. And weird times in football as Andrew Luck retired last night. That was crazy to uh, 
to notice in real time as it was happening. I I know some people were in their fantasy draft as it was going on. Our man Adam Stadinsky on the other side of the glass was telling me he was in his fantasy draft when everybody looked down and starting to get the same kind of notification on their phone. You guys seeing this? Anybody seeing this? I saw a tweet from my buddy Eric Edholm said that a friend of his picked Andrew Luck and three minutes later got the notification. <laughs> So, as always, what matters most in this situation is you and your fantasy team. I think that's clear, and I want to just make that in, in itself clear. No, nah, but, that's man, that's crazy. On a night when the Bears are in Indianapolis, Andrew Luck steals the show. The audacity to steal the show from Eddie Money, Eddie Pinero, who hit a 58-yard field goal, baby. 58, right down the middle, with at least a yard to spare. Bears kicking competition is over. Go Bears! Eddie Pinheiro is going to be your opening day kicker. Lock it. Load it. Unless uh, somebody better gets released this coming week in the NFL. All right, we got a few more minutes left with the show, and we have time to take your phone calls at 312-644-6767. If you want to dial it up and get involved ahead of Cubs pregame, do it. David Bodie is here. Derek Holland has an injury. Pedro Strope remains on the pitching staff. Anthony Rizzo is not going to play today because of his back injury. Ian Happ is your starter at first. Your thoughts on the Cubs? They stand a game and a half back of the Cardinals. 312-644-6767. If you want to respond to anything else that's gone on earlier in the show, you can do that too. Text us at 67011. At Matt Spiegel 670 is how you can tweet. Keep it right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here comes the 1-1 offering. This is grounded on one hop. Diving stop. Kent to his left. Fires to first. And Kendrick is retired. An excellent defensive play by the Cubs' second baseman. The 1-1 from the lefty Ryan. Big chop toward the middle. Tough play. Kemp diving stop. What a play. Throws to first. He got him. Sensational play by Tony Kemp. Unbelievable. Tony Kemp is the man yesterday defensively. Tony Kemp was awfully good on defense, and that was nice. And that pretty much ends your uh, your cup highlights from yesterday. Tough loss uh, to the Washington Nationals. Nationals are very good. They'll play a third time coming up this afternoon. Um, in the uniforms, I got to say, we've been talking about the players' weekend uniforms. I know a lot of people are down on them. I think the black looks really good on the right team. And the right team, one of them is the White Sox. This from a texture, the black on the White Sox is so sick. I'd love to have that in the rotation. Like every Friday, maybe have a blackout night with those. I should have asked Brooks Boyer. We had fun earlier in the day with Brooks Boyer and Colin Faulkner talking marketing for both the Cubs and the Sox, talking um, business end of things for both sides of town. This texture says the Cubs uniforms, they look like they look like good humor drivers. Or the old-time mental hospital ambulance drivers. I didn't know that's an old-time thing, but I guess it is. 
like when the when when the uh, the loony bin, you know, at a time when we were less sensitive about mental illness, like the the loony bin paddy wagon or whatever comes to get people and guys in the white coats get out to take you. That's what the that's what the Cubs look like right now. Uh, and I guess what the Rangers look like. The only, my only issue, my real only issue, is that I can't read the white uh, uniforms. Can't read the stuff on the back. And I like reading the stuff on the back because it's players' uniforms, uh, players' weekend stuff. Before we get to a couple phone calls, did you guys read this? This is what Joe Madden thinks should happen for players' weekend uniforms. He's among those that doesn't like it. But he says this. My take on it is they should have every team design their own players' week uniform. That would be cool. Like with us, you get Rizzo, Hayward, Lester, whomever your team leaders are, and in the offseason say, we're going to do this next year. We're going to be on the road, so consider a road kind of uniform. Go! You style the Cubs uniforms. Then it truly is Players Weekend. I think you'd get a lot more interesting and better unigrams if you went that route. Oh, Joe, with the unigrams. Um, yeah, Joe, not a fan. A lot of people, not a fan. I, it's it's uh, obscuring the usual fun that we have with just the nicknames, which are, are interesting, and there's some good stuff going on with the nicknames. Th- that, that in itself should be enough fun. And the cleats and stuff like that. It's uh, the, the awkwardness of the all-whites or the all-blacks is, uh, is getting in the way for somebody. Do you realize what um, Tim Anderson's bat says? You guys notice what Tim Anderson's bat says? Rip it and flip it. So we'll see if Tim Anderson gets a chance to do that. I mentioned yesterday uh, Joe Musgrove, the Pirates starter, you know, because you can doctor all kinds of stuff, the bat, the glove, whatever. Joe Musgrove's glove, I don't know if he's pitched yet, but his glove looks like Thanos. Thanos, Like he's got a different colored jewel on each knuckle of his glove. Nine different players paid tribute to Tyler Skaggs this weekend, including... The three high school teammates, Lucas Giolito, John Flaherty, Max Freed, uh, all have Love You tie on the back of their players' weekend uniforms. And Mike Clevenger of the Indians went with emojis. He's got a peace sign and a sunshine emoji going on. So not all the long-haired pitchers are hippies, but I think Mike Clevenger is one. I think that much we can uh, we can pretty much be assured of at this point. Bottom of the hour right here on The Score is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Your Western Conference champion, Chicago Wolves, will open the season on Saturday, October 5th. For group and season tickets, visit chicagowolves.com. Uh, another texter from earlier in the show is we're talking about Billy Hamilton and what he did last night for the, uh, for the Mets in scoring from first on a Ronald Acuna RBI single because he just kept running. And then he noticed J.D. Davis was kind of lollygagging the ball back into the infield. You lollygag the ball back from the infield. You lollygag. You know what that makes you? So uh, when Billy Hamilton saw that, he just took off for home and scored a big run. And Texter said, there used to be an important roster spot for the Billy Hamiltons of the world. Bench speed and defense lost to bullpen bloat. That is well said. Nobody's got less than eight guys in a bullpen. Maybe seven every once in a while. Right now, the Cubs have nine. Nine! Now down to eight because Derek Holland has gone to the injured list. David Bodie up. But that's really only because Anthony Rizzo is going to miss today with the bad back. Nine guys for a bullpen is just untenable. 670, the score is where you are. Cubs pregame coming up in a little bit. But first, it's Stan from Bellwood on Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel. Good afternoon, Stan. How are you? I'm doing good. Speak a lot, sir. I'm very good. Thank you, sir. 
All right. Uh, great show today, as usual. Good job on your part. Thank you. Hey, I want to do uh, keep the uh, discussion on this uh, nationally tenant race. Yeah, I was because... talking talking with Wayne Randazzo last hour about mm-hmm. about the Mets, how they've been built, where the Mets are, um, what the Dodgers do uh, better, and really the tiers in the National League, as Wayne put it, you've got the Dodgers, and then you've got the Braves, and then you've got this big glut of all the Central teams plus the Nationals and the Mets, uh, all kind of mixed in there, and I think that's fair. Uh, actually, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to run by you because I disagree with that. Uh, I think that once you, and you and I have been talking baseball, uh, off and on for many, many years now. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm of the opinion that once you have, uh, reached, uh, late August, you're staring Labor Day in the face, you've played 100 games, 120 games, things begin to crystallize. And by that point, you pretty much are what your record says you are. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I keep hearing that the uh, a lot of people like yourself are of the mindset, well, the you know, the Cubs are the best team in the Central. They're, they're the best team in the Central. They're going to eventually win. Instead of uh, maybe coming to grips with the fact that it's August 25th now <laughs> and the Cubs are settling in uh, as pretty much an 87 or 88 win team. Yeah, but what, are, but, what, what are. but what are the Cardinals in terms of the best in the Central? Well, well, well again, okay, well, that, that drives me to this point. Now, Wayne Randazzo says that uh, in the National League, uh, it's the Dodgers on one plane. I agree with that. Then the Braves and then the Nationals and Cubs and everybody else. That's where I part company with him. I think the Nationals now are clearly a better team than the Cubs and that the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Nationals are clearly the three best teams in the National League. Now, the Nationals, a lot of this is on them. They, it's costing them uh, that they played – well, they had injuries. They had, uh, Trey Turner missed a ton of games. But they played very, very poorly in April and May and into June, and they're probably going to have to play in that uh, play-in game mm-hmm. as a result. But really, once they got healthy – I think right the, the Nationals are closer to the Braves now than they are the Cubs, and those three teams have set themselves apart. The the Cubs absolutely better win the Central because they don't want to play the Nationals, and, and they would have to go to Washington almost certainly, and Scherzer would pitch in that game. And even if they lucked into a win, the Dodgers would be waiting for them. But I don't think, uh, you know, when you look at the Cubs' ineptitude on the road combined with the fact uh, you know, that their offense uh, has been so feeble of late. I don't give them any chance of, of beating Scherzer, much less beating him in Washington, D.C. So, you know, when we talk about the National League Central, we're talking clearly one of the the, uh, uh, the lower level or mid-level of teams. There. But I, the Nationals do everything on the field better than the Cubs right now. You've talked about their speed, uh, you know, their approach at the plate. They have three really solid starters. Uh, you know, the Dodgers are not necessarily going to be a uh, – that's, that's not a lock. It's best of five series, you know, when they when they would have to look at Scherzer, Corbin, and uh, Strasburg. And Strasburg. That, that's, uh, the Dodgers, one thing that I agree with you 100% is you, you establish yourself as the best team over 162 games. It, it – we're we're at the place right now where the Dodgers. There's just absolutely no question that they're the best team. But when we're talking about best of five and best of seven, they're not a lock against a team. You know, it, it's all about matchups. And I think the Nationals more than any team in the National League 
Uh, uh, would be a matchup nightmare for the Dodgers. I'll tell you uh, what. And- one thing they don't do, Stan, is is pitch well out of the bullpen. Their bullpen ERA as a team is six point oh oh. So that but that's they their bullpen uh, uh, at the trade deadline. Though it's better than it was the first three months of the season. So they're improved there. That they may not be great in the bullpen, but they're better. Yeah, they're, but they're a much better team. Now. But but they don't. But also now, Doolittle is is hurt, um, and and they haven't had to try and save a game since since Doolittle has gotten hurt. So they haven't even well, had had it, a reason but, to do it. Well, I think the Nationals bullpen is still as good as the Dodgers bullpen right now. Well, the Nationals bullpen is a 5.93 ERA on the year. The Dodgers is a 4.00 ERA on the year. The thing about the Dodgers is that Kenley Jansen has looked mostly awful. He was actually real good last yeah, but, night. Okay, but you're taking the but, entire yeah, – I, I just said the, the, the Nationals underachieved. They were probably the single most – underachieving team during April and May. I mean, that's factored into the equation. But what I'm saying is of late, of, you know, the last two months, the the Nationals are an entirely different team uh, since late May than they were uh, at the start of the season. That's why I think that... I, I think you can make a case that the Nationals are a better team than the Braves. I would not make the case that they are a better team than the Braves. I, 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 would, I would not do that. But I, would, I will grant you putting the Nationals up there with the Dodgers and the Braves. And look, they're showing it to you this weekend. They're showing it to you in this run of winning all these games consecutively uh, as, as, as they have been. But the Braves, the Braves just won, are in the middle of winning seven in a row here. Braves have won seven in a row, and that's with a whole bunch of their guys on the injured list. And I don't know that we give the Braves uh, pitching enough enough credit at the top there with Soroka and with um, Julio Tehran, who's at least been very, very, very solid. The Braves have survived Mike Fultonevich having a disastrous year following his, his year last year. But, yeah, the Nationals so bad early on and so good now, and Anibal Sanchez added back in. Joe Ross, you saw him yesterday, but it's Strasburg and Corbin and Scherzer. I just think that bullpen remains gettable. Wander Suero, you know, I mean, they've gone through a lot of different guys. Daniel Hudson finished a game for them yesterday. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Your Western Conference champion, Chicago Wolves, will open the season on Saturday, October 5th. For group and season tickets, visit chicagowolves.com. And bottom of the hour also brought to you by Gerber, Collision, and Glass. When do you get it to Gerber? When you back into someone who is backing out. That's when you get it to Gerber. Locations throughout Chicagoland, visit gerbercollision.com or call 877-7-GERBER to find your nearest Gerber location. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I had a good time talking baseball with you. Thanks for the call, Stan, as always. Thanks for the calls from all you guys. Thanks for the texts at 67011 and your tweets at Matt Spiegel 670. And we will see exactly how it goes to play out. Cubs pregame coming up with my friend Zach Zaidman and then Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer on the air for Cubs and Nationals, Cole Hamels and Steven Strasburg. Then after a day off tomorrow, it's three in New York. Thank you to Adam Stadzinski. Thank you very much to Zach Withers for doing a great job. Thank you for my guests, uh, Wayne Randazzo and Chris Kampka and Bruce Levine and 
very much. Thank you to Brooks Boyer and Colin Faulkner of the White Sox and Cubs. Check out that 10 o'clock hour and the first segment of the 11 o'clock hour for some unique uh, baseball conversation, in my opinion. Thanks, everybody. Have a great, great day. And I'll uh, talk to you next weekend on both Inside the Clubhouse and Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.